It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Total Liverpool podcast a full house again today. I'm joined by Simo, Deej and Adam as we look ahead to the Reds finally being back in Premier League action. Boys, how excited are we for this? Adam, we'll start with you. How good is it to have Premier League football back with fans? I tell you, it's, it's amazing. Do you know what? There was a part of last season where I was so, I was starting to get a bit bored of football and I thought, I thought I can't really need a break from this. And the Euros revitalised me a little bit and I thought, do you know what? Like, that's not so bad, is it? And then this build-up, like since the Euros has ended, due to like up until the start of the season, I've literally been counting down the days. I I, I genuinely can't wait. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good one, especially with all the transfer business going on at the minute as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree. Um, I was at the game on Monday and I was just saying to you before we started the pod how good it was to be back inside a nearly full Anfield. It was, it was just felt normal and it felt great. But great to be back. Deej, are you looking forward to the start of the season, buddy? It's unreal how much I'm looking forward to it. And honestly, I'm not that fussed about the fans right now. I'm just glad that we're starting a season of football <laughs> with centre-backs. <laughs> there we have it. That trumps there the fans for me. <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, almost fresh bill of health for Liverpool. Obviously, Andy Robertson and Curtis Jones are going to miss this first game and potentially the second and third will wait to find out on that Simo how much are you looking for I know you're looking forward to this one mate yeah mate I actually live a quite a sad existence mate when the football's not on mate, I, I don't really know what to do I just kind of float about and I get, I'm just like sitting around like I guess I'll wait I guess I'll wait <laughs> until the football starts so I'm obviously buzzing uh, back to bad pods for us we, we're doing this we're doing Liverpool and then we're doing talk screamers as well after this um, so we're well back in uh, and the swing of things and I'm buzzing for Premier League football because the Euros wasn't probably as great for me as it was, was for um, many England fans <laughs> a lot of it was just me sat in, sat in my house like oh god they better not fucking win this <laughs> I'm going to have to take a year off podcasting um, yeah I'm so buzzing for it to be back mate honestly I can't tell you enough well, boys, we start, obviously, our first game on Saturday night again, away at Norwich. Uh, Adam, we'll start with you. What are your predictions, thoughts, and lineup for the Liverpool game? 
Um, okay, well, we spoke about it a little bit before, obviously, so I need to like touch wood again. That Norwich does tend to usually be a good game for Liverpool, especially starting the season. Um, and, you know, as, as we've sort of just mentioned there, we have got a, a pretty much a full-strength team. Um, so I, I do expect us to beat Norwich. I think, I think I'd think i be silly to think otherwise. <laughs> um, I think lineups we're looking at, uh, obviously it's going to be Alisson. Um, Robertson's missing, so Tamikas will come in at, at left-back. Trent, obviously, over on the other side. I think the centre-backs are a big talking point. A lot of people have been saying, are Gomez and Van Dijk going to be ready? I'd personally go with Kanate and Matip for this one. Um, I said in the previous podcast, actually, I don't think that even if Van Dijk and Gomez are sort of sort of semi there, if they're not 100%, I don't think we necessarily need them against Norwich. I think mm-hmm. Kanate and Matip are, are more than good enough to uh, to, to handle Norwich, in, in, in my opinion, anyway. Um, I think Fabinho will be holding as standard. Um, I'm not sure about Henderson's fitness as of this point in time. Um, so my midfield, my preference will be Thiago and Ox in the midfield if Henderson isn't fit. Uh, I have heard a lot of rumours about it being Naby to starting though, um, which I don't mind. Um, you know, all for it. Brilliant player and obviously <laughs> hope he can uh, finally display what he's all about <laughs> in the Premier League. Um, and then front three, I'd go... Salah, Mane, and Jota, I think. There we go. Uh, Deeds, do you have too many alterations from that one? Uh, so, some small ones, but not not huge ones. I think we're we're going to start one of the one of the two guys that's been out for the majority of the last season, either Van Dijk or Gomez. I think it'll be Verge. And I mean, you say we don't need them against Norwich. What better game to give them a run out, a low pressure game, get some some minutes in their legs? Um, and originally, I was thinking. Whichever one of them starts or gets subbed off at 60 minutes for the other. But Klopp mm-hmm. has recently come out talking about how he, he plans not to use any centre-back substitutes unless he needs to. Um, my midfield looks a little different as well. I don't think Fabinho is going to start. I think of the Brazilian contingent, uh, Alisson's the only one that's going to start because uh, Fabinho, Alisson and Bobby all came back late from Copper America, haven't had a full pre-season necessarily. So I think both Bobby and Fabinho are going to drop out the side. Uh, I think Millie will likely take uh, Fabinho's place. And then I think it will be Thiago and Ox uh, as the other two. Um, but again, I wouldn't be too disappointed to see Naby Cater in there either. Uh, and then my front three is exactly the same. And I reckon we're going to get off to a flyer. I reckon Salah's going to stake his claim for the golden boot early. <laughs> there we go. Simo, finally, do you have too many alterations to them sorts of teams? I'm kind of a bit between the two of them, to be <coughs> honest. Um, I agree with these there is no better game to throw them in. And I think throw them in the deep end. Just get them in, get minutes. Although I kind of disagree. And, if, you know, if Verge or Gomez are going to come back into Premier League competitive level football, I'd quite like them to have Fabinho in front of them as that safety net. I still rate him as the best DM in the Premier League. And I think, you know, when Fabinho came back into our side last season, it galvanised our defence. It was a, a big, big factor when he came out of that centre-back um, position and moved back into the midfield and he could do his job much more comfortably. And I think that made us all round a better side. Um, mm. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't be bothered at all if Matip and Kanati was the way we went. And if Fabinho wasn't on the pitch, that is what I would opt to do. That I would much, I'd be much more, you know... Happy to see Kanati and Matip start, to be honest, if we're going to go for that, a midfield of like maybe Hendo. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I would be worried if, if Hendo and Fabinho weren't on the pitch. Um, I would, you know, I know there's, there's rumours that Hendo could come back for it and stuff, but 
you know, for I, I, I would always prefer at least one of them in the midfield, especially now that we don't have a Gini Ronaldo to rely on. I understand that Millie um, can be a, a defensive-minded midfielder and he can run and be a, an engine in that midfield, but as a proper, like, between the lines, working between the lines of midfield and defence, I much prefer the look of a, a Henderson or a Fabinho, and I don't really, you know, for me it would be one of those two along with um, either Ox, Naby or Thiago. I don't I don't really, really mind what, what the combination of, of two players are. I would like to see Naby come in and get off to a good start. I'm hoping this is his breakout season. I'm hoping this is where we get our money's worth for Naby Keita. This is that, fingers crossed, but I said this for two years running so <laughs> and I'm not being right either time either. <laughs> um, in that midfield role hasn't he uh, in pre-season and nobody's mentioned him for this lineup. is Norwich a good game to give Elliot a run out yeah I've seen a lot of a lot well, of people I... talk, talk about Harvey Elliot and Man, a lot of people there's, there's been talk that he might potentially be in the running for that for that and I, I agree with you Deej you know you've got a young lad there who's obviously full of confidence looked really good in pre-season is there a better side to throw him in against than a Norwich team that is pretty gung-ho in, in their sort of play? You know, they, they yeah. play a certain way and they don't deviate from that. You know, Harvey Elliott potentially could come into the side and, you know, if he is, then we'll, we'll see what I feel like it might be more of a... I'd, I'd like to see him come on as a sub in this. I, I'd like to see mm. him get like a decent chunk of game time, but maybe come on as a sub. I'm, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not sure about starting the first game of the season. Yeah, I would probably say, see where we are in the second half. Hmm. See what situation where do we need yeah. hold a lead or do we need to do we need to get a goal? I've not I've not which how hell's that. I mean, we know the way they're gonna play. They're gonna to look to utilise Pookie's pace. That's what that's what he does. He's a, he's a running forward. Um mm-hmm. he's not a particularly tall forward, so he's not gonna to look to win it in the air against Liverpool centre backs at the very least. He is gonna be <laughs> looking to, to use his pace and utilise his pace from, from balls in behind. So, you know, that's just that's the way they're gonna do it. I don't know if it's <clears throat> necessarily the one to, to put in that midfield, uh, considering I think when when Norwich received the ball, I think, I think they would just be lumping it. <laughs> that's just my prediction. They might come out and play Tiki Taka. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen with Campwell being a doubt. I think you take Campwell out of the team, there's only really one way they can play. <laughs> yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. If if Campwell's out, that's that's obviously a big boost to us. Um, we obviously don't want to see players injured. Say, but... does, does anybody know the latest on Campwell? I was trying to find out what the latest was before the podcast, but I couldn't find anything. Nothing really. I think he's a doubt, but it's according to the fantasy Premier League site, he's got a seventy-five percent chance of playing. That they don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been done over by them every week. <laughs> I tell you who will be interested in that Norwich midfield, though Billy Gilmore. Mm. Yes, huge. Rated him for Scotland. Uh, I think he's an improvement on Skip from last season, who they had on mm-hmm. loan from Tottenham. Uh, it's it's going to be a shame. I think he's going to do uh, what what's his name, the right back from Chelsea did uh, way back when, Basingua. He's mm-hmm. going to follow winning oh, yeah. the Champions League with getting, getting relegated. Yeah, he'd be good for him. He's a good player. Um, so I know you're a big fan of Billy Gilmore. Huge fan. I really, really rate him as a top prospect. One of the top youngsters in the league. By a long way. Boys, going to have some predictions for this game. Simo, we'll start with you. What's your score prediction for this one? I'm going to say we, we go out scoring. Uh, I really think Mo Salah, Manny is going to really... They, both of them are going to really want to stick a claim to the Golden But Manny especially, I think, will want to get more goals this season. Um, Salah is just... He's, he's a machine in terms of, like... He does like to start the season um, well, and he mm. often does. Every every year he's been with us, he started the season well. So, yeah, I, I think we'll score. So I think it may be a 4-1 for us. 
Um, <laughs> as, a, as a result, I'll go. I think we might concede one uh, when we are just like maybe caught with a ball over behind us. It's particularly easy to do it against us because we play such a high defensive line. Our centre backs really do sit in the centre circle. And Puki is a competent striker. And he showed that in his, in his last season in the Premier League as well, where he was actually a fairly competent striker and living off scraps. And, you know, and he's performed consistently every season. He's been down in England um, in the Championship as well. He's, he's by no means a write-off as a, as, as a striker. I think he's he is probably in the top... If you're looking at the number one choices of centre forwards for all 20 clubs in the Premier League, he's, he's probably near the 10th or 11th position in terms of clubs in the league. Um, so I think they might get one. I would love a clean sheet, though, now that we're <laughs> back in a state of defence. Um, aye, 4-1 for me. 4-1 for Simo Deej. What are you thinking? I think 3-0. I think we're going to go out and we're going to absolutely spank him. Uh, <laughs> a caveat to that, I think if Campwell does end up playing, they could potentially pull one back. Uh, as I was saying, uh, Puki breaking the lines, Cantwell feeding uh, tasty balls through. I think without Cantwell, they're lumping it forward or they're trying to play out from wide and they don't really have a tall striker that's like a, a known goal scorer. Mm. Uh, Puki's going to get beaten in the air by Verge. He's going to get beaten in the air by Matip. Uh, I mean, is he going to beat any of our centre-backs in the air? I don't think so. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think if Cantwell starts, they might get one. It'll be 3-1, but I reckon... Salah's going to bang a couple in and the new VAR rules are going to be kind to Mane and he's going to bang one in as well. <laughs> uh, he, got, he was the second most offside player in the top five leagues of Europe last season. Uh, and the rule change, uh, they did an analysis over, over last season. If they had the thicker lines that they're going to use this season, there would have been 20 more goals across the, across the whole season. So uh, it's definitely more in favour of the strikers and I can't think of anyone who was more punished uh, by it than Sadio Mane. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Timo Werner. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, Timo Werner had a difficult old time when I was like... He just, he he just doesn't he know the offside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has, uh, to be fair, caveat, he has often like four or Ten five yards offside, offside yeah. and he's turning around and thinking, whoa, what's going on here? The only person who was actually caught offside more than Mane last season was Jamie Vardy. That's his game though, isn't it? Yeah. That is just Vardy's game, isn't it? On the... Hang on that last shoulder. Apparently this is final of the season, he'll lose his legs, we'll see. People have been saying it for a few years now. No chance, he'll, he's built on Red Bull and bloody fucking WKB, he's going on forever. <laughs> uh, so 3-0 <laughs> yeah, for you, Deej, 4-1 for Simo. Adam, what are you going for? Uh, I think the boys have sort of covered all bases, really. I, I think I'm, I'm going to sort of go in the middle of them both. I'm going to say 3-1 Liverpool. Mm. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do maybe concede one. Um, again, for the for the reasons the boys just mentioned, and and to add on top of it, you know, in the early stage of the season, sometimes you do just see uh, silly goals being conceded because you know it's the start of the season. Maybe teams aren't aren't quite as switched on as 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 they they usually would be. Um, yeah, I'm three one, nice, nice and easy. I with you, Adam. I think it'll be three one as well. Moving on, boys, to something that's sort of been on the news recently is that a lot of people are writing this Liverpool team off as not title contenders and some people are even saying not top four contenders uh, Adam I want to start with you what are your thoughts on pundits and, and alike sort of writing this Liverpool side off does this work in our favour? I mean it definitely works in our favour you said before we uh, we started the podcast Liverpool always seem to operate better as underdogs we did it um, throughout the Champions League campaign, obviously up until the Tottenham game. Um, we did it in the Premier League 
um, when everyone thought after we failed and, and finished second with 97 points, everyone was like, there's no way they'll do it again. They'll burn out. And we uh, we, we came back and we sort of ran away with the league. Um, I think it definitely favours us. I just can't quite understand why we're being written off. Um mm-hmm. So obviously, for, for if if you guys haven't seen, I, I know Jake was alluding to the pundits there. They they released like a pundit sort of uh, predictions of the top four. Not a single pundit had Liverpool to finish first, and I think was it two? Did you say it was Jake, two or three? Liverpool two or three. Second? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I I can't understand. The, the only thing I the only place I can think it probably comes from is just purely looking at last season and not properly understanding the reasons why we fell short. Um. Obviously, we're all Liverpool fans, so we're going to sort of analyse it a bit better. And, and obviously, we you know we're, we're paying a lot more attention to the team and and watching every game, so we probably understand um, why we fell just so short as as we did last season, and and understand that on paper this starting eleven is as good as, if not better, than any other team there is uh, in, in the league. And and for that reason, I, I think we've got a, just as good as chance as any. Um, Maybe if City sign Harry Kane, it, it could, could be a different story. I think it probably sways, sways it in their favour. But, you know, we we can't all spend about 300 million every transfer window. So that's, yeah. that's that one. Yeah, Adam, I think um, you sort of hit the nail on the head. I think the reason that Liverpool have been written off this season is because they're not spending stupidly large funds on players. Yeah. They're, sort of, they're, they're coaching players and they're coaching the players that they've got and making them better, which I think has always been the Liverpool way and always will be the Liverpool way. Deej, uh, trying to follow up, how come you think that yeah, we're being think, so yeah. written off? I think I think Adam nailed it there. I think uh, mm. a lot of it is, is that. Primarily down to transfer activity. United have strengthened well. I think they still have a hole in that centre midfield role. Mm-hmm. They need a Roy Keane-style player to come in and, and just sit in front of the defence, uh, sort of marshal the game from there. Uh, Chelsea have done fantastic business. I mean, Mason Mount last year uh, created the most chances in the division, but Chelsea mm-hmm. just didn't have anyone to finish them off. Now they've brought Big Ram in. I expect to see a lot of goals from Chelsea. Yeah. Um, and City, I mean... Have they ever really played with a true striker? Aguero played about half an hour a season for the past few seasons, didn't he? So, uh, yeah. and they still they still won titles without playing with a recognised striker. Uh, bringing in Grealish is is I think for them good business. It just means there's going to be an awful lot of competition for places and an awful lot of rotation with them. But I think uh, I think City's B team comes second in the league if they if they play. Um, but mm. yeah, I mean I don't don't know if this counts as me writing us off, but I actually think we're finishing third this season behind City and Chelsea. I think their strengthening has been has been that good that if if we don't go out and spend, I mean, who knows? Over the next few days, we might see Mbappe come in. We might, I don't know, we might, we might see the heavens open and a load of money just bring Mbappe in, and then it's a completely different conversation. But, but the people we're actually talking about who might be coming in, we're talking about uh, Jeremy Doku. Uh, I think he's one for the future, not really one for now. Are we talking about people like Neuhaus uh, as a genie repl- replacement? Different kind of player. I don't think it kind of works. But mm. when people are looking at the Liverpool team as it is now, they forget how dominant really we were for, for maybe two or three seasons with this same team. Uh, and the only reason we didn't win more titles is because City have just been obscene, breaking records yeah. left, right and centre. Uh, but, I mean, Henderson, he's there's no better leader in the division, I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. the, only, the only person missing is, is genie and... In, in essence, we've kind of replaced him with Thiago for this lineup. Um, is that an improvement? Arguably, yes. I mean, arguably no for other reasons as well. But I mean, on paper, Thiago is is a better midfielder than Genie. Um, but in my heart, maybe not so much. We, we'll wait and see. Wait for the red shirt without so many injuries. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think this season, as uh, as was said, it's it's going to be one for the youth. I think we're going to see Curtis Jones kick on and, and make a bit more of an impact. I think we're going to see mm. some good stuff from Harvey Elliott. Uh, Cade Gordon's looked exciting. He's only 16 very, as well. Very, yeah. uh, and we've got, uh, what's his name? Uh, Connor Bradley coming through as well as, as right back. But mm. it doesn't look like uh, Neko's going to be going anywhere now, even though it did at, at the beginning of the window. So I don't know if we're going to see much of him. But I think, yeah, write us off at your own peril. Uh, we do tend to do better when people are sort of spitting on us a little bit. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the one thing that the Liverpool team has in its favour is the fact that, like you said, mate, you know, they've been together for four or five years now. They're a, te- they're a real team. There's a team dynamic in there somewhere. Simo, what do you think Liverpool are being written off unfairly or do you think it's fair? Yeah, mate, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, Cheers, no, end the podcast there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, on a serious note, right? I think it's a bit ridiculous. Like, a lot of pundits didn't even have us in the top four, and people mm. are rating now rating us as, as fifth or sixth or even seventh best team in the league. Ridiculous. So it's still the same eleven. It's still the same Champions League eleven. Still the same Premier League winning eleven. Minus the best manager in the world. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we do have, in my opinion, the best manager in the world. Um, I might have, I might be slightly biased so. Um But what I want to put across is that, you know, it's recency bias. Right? A lot of people think, right, does Jack Grealish really revolutionise Manchester City? No. Not really. No, not not really, right? And they're always going to rotate, right? The thing, Regina and Aldum going, we obviously move from this sort of engine room midfield to maybe a more technical midfield. And I think it's something Klopp and everybody at Liverpool recognise that we need to lighten the load on Bobby Firmino. Manny and Sal, we cannot just have 50 goals from, from each of them um, every <laughs> single season. Uh, some goals need to come from, from other ages of the pitch, hence why we're seeing a Thiago, hence why we're probably going to see a, an emergence of maybe Ox, Navigator and Curtis Jones um, to lighten the load on, on those three. And I still rate us, uh, when we have a first 11 ready, that we can beat anybody in this league uh, and be hard to beat. You know, we get roots in this side from being a counter-attacking side, moving into a possession-based side. So even when we do come up against this monster City and Chelsea side that have just had incomprehensible money pumped into them, you know, we can still set up <laughs> and go mm. back to a counter-attacking roots of like 17-18 season where we were absolutely superb in scoring goals for fun, where Manny and Salah actually had room to run into because we didn't just have 70% of the ball. You know, I don't rate, like, honestly, and it's why we suit tournament football so, so much is because we are hard to beat on our day. We are hard to beat last season. Mm. If anybody doesn't understand why Liverpool only finished third last season, they, they, they didn't watch any of Liverpool's games. Obviously, we were just plagued with injuries. There was loads of things that went wrong. If those things don't go wrong, I still have us up, up there be, being good enough to win this league. Um, obviously, Lukaku coming into the league is devastating for us. Abramovich does this, he does this huge money pump and then he will kind of steadily decrease it for a couple of years and then he'll ramp mm. it right back up and he has been ramping it right back up to this. I think this is the peak of their spending. They'll maybe spend again big next summer and then they might start ramping it down again. Um, Man City, they're just, they just playing FIFA at this point. They are just State you know, funded, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Like, every year it's just like 200 million, get what you want, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's off the menu. Um but yeah, this is what we've got to compete with. And this is why we have the best manager in the world. This is why we are set up in a way. We are not setting up to fail. The owners of Liverpool, the Liverpool backroom, the players at Liverpool do not want to see Liverpool fail. They are probably still of the opinion that they can go and win this league. If they weren't, then we wouldn't have world-class players peppered within mm. our squad. We still have 
I still rate Fabinho as the best DM in the league. I still rate Mane and Salah as the, as the two best wingers in the league. Don't care what anybody says. I still rate Virgil van Dijk as the best centre-back in the world. Uh, Alisson is the best keeper. Um, Robbo and Trent on their day. If they get firing again, maybe a wee bit of rest will do them good. Obviously, Robbo just took a wee bit of a knock there. Thankfully, it doesn't look to be too bad. Um, mm. I think, yeah, no, we're still in for a show. I, I, I'm happy for people to write us off. I'm happy for the pundits not even put us in the top four. You're not one single BBC pundit or <laughs> accredited pundit to, to put us to win the league. I'm pretty happy because no one did it with the year we won it. Everybody thought it'd be City and everybody thought when we lost the Champions League final, that would be us for another, um, what was it, 15 years since we won one. So there you go. Next season, the, the following season, we came back and won it. I still raise. We, we'd be being in with a shot at winning this title, 100%. That's my rant. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I think the right Liverpool off, <laughs> right, right Liverpool off at your peril. I think is is the way it goes. You know, the side has been written off so many times, and, and like you said, Simo, written off after the Champions League defeat, come back and won it. Written off after coming second next season, won it. So you know, right Liverpool off, and they tend to turn all doubters around. So boys. Any other business? Is there anything else that anyone wants to talk about before we wrap up and finish this podcast and before we come back with our review of the Liverpool games? I think there's one thing I want to pick up on. What Nothing. Was Everyone happy? Uh, about Jack Grealish. Um, not revolutionising that mm. team. I think... Uh, on, on you go, DJ. <laughs> sorry, I think, yeah, I think with, the, uh, with the City team, uh, Jack Grealish is going to be a, a massive improvement over Gundogan in that false nine position when they don't have a striker. A massive improvement, not only for the goals he'll, he'll score and the chances he'll create, but the free kicks and penalties that he'll win. He'll win far more than Gundogan ever did. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's where the, the fear for Jack Grealish, if he gets played in that false nine role rather than out on the left mm. uh, and Gundogan plays slightly deeper, I think uh, I think that's what becomes terrifying about a strikerless city with Grealish in it. I totally understand that Gundy and I still rate as a top player he did get like 10 goals last season as well and De Bruyne I still don't think as, as a properly sent number 8 central midfielder of that sort of going forward passing and, and runs from deep central midfielder you'd be hard to find a midfielder matched in the world with, with Kevin De Bruyne um, but I just think we watched, I watched Grealish with in, uh, England I've watched Grealish with Villa it's a different story when he's not receiving the ball at every available pass which he does with Villa mm. he is a talisman at Villa the Dean Smith is clearly briefed the players. Um, when when Jack is available for the pass, he, he receives the ball, and that is that is the that is the rules. And that wasn't the case at England. It was Southgate didn't want to play any of that sort of favourites game at all. And Grealish Abadargu struggled in that England side, and, and and struggled to create really anything. So when he goes into this Manchester City side, they they really need to lean into that. Grealish needs to be able to run with the ball, make mistakes, make bad passes. Uh, he needs to be filled as well because he likes to carry the ball for long periods and he likes to carry the ball directly at people as well so he is going to be filled and I don't know if set pieces entirely suit Man City down to they obviously do score some set pieces but I don't know if that I don't think it revolutionises City in the way that people think it does um, if he plays in that false nine it's obviously a different role for Jack um, it'll be the first time he's ever played that in first, te- first team competitive Premier League football um, mm-hmm. Normally he's out in the left or in the central midfield, um, but City just have such good passes of the ball that having a striker for them doesn't doesn't massively suit them because they never really want to play it over the top <laughs> and find the big man, do they? <laughs> it's all it's all about being across the floor. It's always a, it's all about one twos and, and moving um, extremely fast. And yeah, I I think I don't think it massively changes them. But this is why we do podcasts. But obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
There we go. I'm massively go. wrong. Different Everything opinions. I say goes wrong, by the way, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, if there's no other business, I think that's about it for us on our review or preview, sorry, of the Liverpool game and other business of the league. I just want to thank Simo, Deej and Adam for today and thank you to all of our listeners and cheery bye. See you in the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.